Hello and welcome to the Unnamed English Minds podcast. Four words that you probably didn't think you were going to be hearing um, when you logged on to your social media network of choice this morning. Um, my name is Connor. Joining me uh, in this first ever discussion um, about this topic uh, is Sheridan. Hello, Sheridan. How are we doing? It's good to be here. Looking forward to this uh, this new project of ours. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've done podcasts before, but I've never done one where we've ended up recording in person, which is... Uh, exciting gonna have to work out the audio and all that kind of stuff but um yeah i guess really rather than all of this preamble into stuff we should just get going first of all we should probably introduce ourselves to the audience so sheridan what got you into following minds who are you why are you and what are you (laughs) all of the good questions is what we're here for it's i think it's one of those interesting things isn't it when you talk to football fans about how they get into the football teams you hear all of the stories i grew up in the area or my dad was a supporter of this club and his dad was a supporter of that club and it goes through the generations. But as an English person living abroad, in this case Germany, um, it's it's a bit different. Um, so I moved to Germany um, during my studies about five years ago um, and one of the first things I did as an avid football fan was get a ticket to the football match. What else are you going to do in Germany? The tickets were cheap, <laughs> standing terrace, there's beer on the terrace. All of the kind of classics that get people into German football. And for whatever reason, um, on that first day, that horrible first day back there, um, the Mainz fans kind of uh, warmed to me, I warmed to them, and five years later I'm sat in a room with another Englishman talking into a microphone about this football team, so... Yeah, I mean, that's just how it goes, right? And my story with Mainz really is pretty much similar. Like, I studied here for a year while I was at university, uh, went to the games because they were on locally, and then, yeah, just through I mean, actually going to uh, games with friends that were mostly then sort of also English people in the same area, um, kind of had a bit of a community where the, the main focal point was going to the football at the weekend. Uh, and that just made me want to keep going and keep following the team after the year that I was um, here. And then, uh, yeah, I came back. So I've had two proper seasons of following Mainz around Germany, uh, as well as quite a few sandwiches in the middle where I was just watching the old game on TV and uh, keeping up to date with articles and podcasts and videos and what have you. Um, But yeah, we're here now in Mainz and uh, we thought because we basically discuss Mainz among each other so much that we might as well record the pod, (laughs) record it as a podcast um, and and put it out there into the world because uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of very good coverage of Mainz out there, but not a lot of it's in English. So yeah, exactly right. We've sat in enough bars, haven't we? And we've sat in enough uh, in enough away ground, away uh, ends, and, and just talked extensively to each other about Mainz in English. And um, we thought, why not let somebody else have a listen? There's enough, like you say, there's enough German coverage out there, and the Bundesliga itself, as a as a league, is extensively covered in in German. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and, and try this in English, and we'll see what happens. So yeah, that's enough about us, I think, because we're not really the focal point of this podcast uh, the football is and the club is itself um, so we'll just get into the actual topic that we wanted to discuss this weekend the season begins uh, the 2023-2024 season which I already can tell is going to be a bit of a, a mouthful for both of us to keep saying over <laughs> and on repeat so we'll try not to um, that starts with a cup game away in Elversberg um, on Saturday 6pm Central European time um, we will talk about that a bit later but Obviously, it's been a little while since the last competitive game of Mainz at that wonderful afternoon out in Dortmund, which uh, I think we enjoyed a lot more than Dortmund fans did. Um, So I thought we'd have a bit of a chat about the summer 
the main thing of that really being transfers, um, starting with the departures. So, uh, I know, give us a rundown, Sheridan. What, what are your thoughts uh, on the players that have left and uh, the holes that they're going to leave? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many of the listeners actually uh, or, or know of, of Mainz apart from uh, the Jurgen Klopp connection and obviously that big day out in Dortmund, like you mentioned. Um, it's been a couple of months since then and we've lost we've lost a couple of, of big names, I'd say. Um, there's There's been some, some movement. There's been some positive movement within the club. I'd say that the players that have left um, will be missed. But they're not they're not the biggest of names. They're not I wouldn't say they're the key players have, have gone out of the door. Um the you know, the big two or the big three that come to mind are obviously Aaron Martin, our Spanish left back, the uh greatest taker of a dead ball I've seen in a long time. He's whipping balls into the top corner like it was nobody's business all season. Um we all remember that that free kick away and mentioned Gladbach at the beginning of last year. Um Finn Darman, the the second choice goalkeeper, he was well rated but wasn't getting football. Um, he's gone across to Augsburg um, and we'd imagine he'll go over there and be be their number one um, but it, it was one of those that's a competition between either him or Robin Sentner who's an equally good if not better more experienced goalkeeper um, so we'll see how that pans out as the season goes on and uh, the final kind of big name would obviously be um, our, our Danish striker Marcus Ingvardsen um, 10 goals last season um, and he's gone to Nordjylland in, in Denmark in his native native home I think he's got business and family connections up there. Yeah, I mean, it's where he's from, right? So it yeah. makes sense. I, yeah, I think really on the pitch, he's going to be the biggest miss. Uh, like I say, 10 goals a season. A lot of them from the penalty spot. You still have to put them in. And uh, after a long series of scoring penalties for years and years and years in a row in the Bundesliga, we did miss a couple at some point. So um, he was a steady hand on the uh, steady hand on the tiller um, for um, yeah most of the last season. And... Uh, just offered quite a lot in all-round play that maybe didn't go necessarily completely appreciated by everyone in the stadium. Uh, I think he's yeah was quite a subtle player and also just a very nice finisher of a ball. Absolutely. Um, so he'll definitely be missed on the pitch. Also of, of the three, I think probably I haven't looked actually at the statistics, but I assume he probably had the most play time of anyone last season um, of the three of them. Obviously, Aaron Martin being the starting left back for most of the first half of the season, but then not getting much of a look in in the second half once it kind of became clear that he wasn't going to sign a new deal. Yeah. And obviously, Finn Darman playing a few games when Zentner was injured or um, building back up to fitness. Um, but, you know, as, as a sort of second choice goalkeeper, yeah. there is a very clear limit on what you're going to be able to get there. Yeah, I think um, it was very clear for a long time that he was always going to be the second choice. I think I think Bo made that very clear. Yeah, Ingvartsen, like, he is going to be a miss. Uh, you say 10 goals is 10 goals. Um, and and he, he did a lot beyond that that, that set up other players um, for the goals they scored. Um, and he was an all-round nice bloke as well. Do you mean? Uh, I, I did once. Um, and he gave me a smile and you know that's all you want from a man <laughs> yeah that is so. I mean yeah it's more than many people give you so <laughs> uh, um, yeah no I mean yeah I think all three of them will be missed in their own ways I think one of the main things we can say for Darman obviously coming through the academy um, being sort of relatively local um, that's another sort of connection point that fans are going to have to find in the team sort of sure. going forward for us obviously we found out towards the end of his stint that he was half English so I think his mum's English yeah so yeah. like the the connection that we could have had if we'd have known that at some <laughs> point that would have been great um, but yeah I mean I think the point basically that I'd be driving out with, with these signings well these players leaving um, is that although they do leave a hole in their own way um, and they will be missed as well in their own way I think none of them are players that we're going to sorely miss in a playing context. 
Sure. Um, you know, in terms of the striker, we are going to be missing goals, but there are other very good um, attackers already at the club. Um, and then in terms of Martin, obviously sort of not figuring a lot in that second half of the season, which was definitely our strongest half of the season. Yeah. Um, and and, and Darman not playing a great deal either and have us having already basically already made a replacement for him in Lasseries. Uh, so let's not dwell on the past. Let's look at the future. And there has been business in an inward direction. Uh, starting the first signing of the, the window was uh, Daniel Batz, a player you're very familiar with, I believe. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say familiar. He's, he's a player we know of. He's um, He's been at Saarbrücken for a few years now. I think he's... I couldn't tell you uh, if he's their leading appearance holder or something like that, but he's he's got lots of appearances um, in that in in the third division and was I think voted the best goalkeeper in the third division a couple of years running something like that. But he, he comes very highly rated. He's already in his early thirties. He's a very experienced goalkeeper, um, and if media reports are to be believed, he's also a really nice bloke. And is, <laughs> that's the main thing for this you. Is, apparently, this is yeah. honestly, all I'm worried about. We could sign the worst footballers in the world as long as they're. Just generally nice chaps. Um, no, I'm excited to see what he does. It, I think the most interesting thing with him will be seeing if uh, he becomes the second choice immediately um, or if we look at the youngster, Lasseris, you've already mentioned, um, what happens with them. I think it seems a bit late now to be sending Lasser out on loan, um, but, but we'll see what happens. Sentner comes across as the first choice and then whether it's Bats or Lasser, uh, or Lasser I think we'll be quite happy. They're both top, top goalkeepers. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess it's one of those things you don't need to actually decide who's the second choice until you get to the point of one of them needs to play because then there's out, right? Like it, I guess course, that's yeah. that's the nature and might be that Reese gets some sort of um, playing time for the under-23s at some point. Obviously, they do have other goalkeepers in the sort of youth ranks that can play as well. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, but yeah, I think Bats is an interesting one because... I think we saw we saw him for Zabrukin last season, just sort of on a random trip. We did, yeah. Uh, and very agile, made some good saves. I think famous for saving penalties as well, which ah, is always Dusseldorf. a useful thing to have. Yeah, Dusseldorf Cup game. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so that's a really useful thing, especially if if you are to go sort of maybe a couple of years down the line, you're wanting a keeper for the cups and a keeper for the league. Then a really important skill to have if if you are in a cup a cup competition, but. Equally useful in the league because we seem to give away a few penalties as well. Yeah. Um, so he was the first one, um, but there were there are more. Um, if I remember correctly, chronologically, then the next one was Tom Kraus, um, who was on loan at Schalke last year from Leipzig, has joined us, mm. um, I believe, on a permanent. Was that he is on a permanent deal? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, uh... should have done the research. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I think I did know it, but then I just sort of thought, well, if I'm wrong, then I'll I'll, I'll split the difference. But Tom Kraus. Um, I think we were both fairly excited about this one, oh, right? Definitely, yeah. We we, we talked um, previously about getting lads into the centre of midfield. We've already got a couple of players in there that we, we both rate. Um, but we watched Kraus in the Bundesliga last season, like you say, with Schalke. He's come in from Leipzig. Um, Bo rates him highly. The team seems to rate him highly. He's played, has he played for the first team? He's certainly played for the under-20s, under-21s, the national team. Not entirely sure. Again, a lack of research there. <laughs> But we'll we'll get better at that in the coming in coming episodes. But um, now he's definitely an exciting signing. He's looked good in preseason. What I've seen of him. Um, yeah, that assist for Brian Gruder in preseason, which was just sort of a chip ball over the fence, very kind of inventive, just like on the angle, just very deft, nice, deftest of touches, wonderful stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the sort of person to sort of read too much into that kind of preseason game, especially because that was like injury time of a game, well, extra time, sorry, of a game we'd already won one 0 but. Uh, yeah, that's uh, 
if it's a sign of things to come, that's really exciting. And obviously we saw enough at Schalke to be excited about the signing when it was sort of first um, vaunted. And I, honestly, like when I was reading the rumours back in May, when it first came out, I was kind of thinking like this can't really be that realistic. And obviously it was, he's uh, turned up at the club. So that's really good. Um, we might as well just take a very brief detour to talk about the uh, midfield situation as well, because we do have a very good sort of first choice midfield between Dominic Corr, Leandro Barrero and um, Anton Stark. Yeah. Uh, but there has been rumours that the last two that I mentioned could be on the way out. I think they both only got a year left on their deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's one of those ones that the club have said either they're going to leave or we're going to try and um, extend their contracts, kind of thing. Yeah. How are you kind of vibing it with them at the moment? Ferrero <laughs> is the most interesting one because I I think he's brilliant. He had a, a difficult start to last season, but in the in the Rukwanda, in the the second half of the season, he was fantastic. And you saw in a lot of situations that he was kind of the key in the middle of the park. Um, and I am a little bit worried about him going. Uh, I'm also not too worried. Christian Heidel came out the other day uh, and said that if he doesn't get a decent offer, then he's most likely to sign a new deal anyway. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. But uh, the problem is, and we saw it with the likes of uh, Neocarte last summer going to Nottingham Forest, there's always the risk of an English club um, coming in with a lot of money, slapping it on the table in kind of a panic buy situation um, and, and saying that we're going to offer you three or four times the salary of what we can currently offer and the player uh, moves on. And you wouldn't blame him. You know, he's a 23, 24-year-old lad um, playing at a very decent level and at some point he might want to make the next step up. So it, it's, there's still a few weeks left. So I'm kind of, I'm hoping he starts on Saturday and, and, and shows us what he's, he's worth and then signs a new deal. Um, but I don't know, we'll see with him. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be one of those ones where like the longer he stays, hopefully the sort of more um, hopeful we get that he he will sort of yeah not leave um, in the end. Um, I think there's not a lot to say. I'm, I'm always interested with these players, like what the market is, because I think he's very good, but I don't know if he's like ready for the step to the, to an elite an elite club. So other than going to a similar club in England for a much larger salary, I really don't know sort of what the point in moving would be unless it's a case of like you know like when um Wolfsburg came in for Baku a few years ago yeah sure um yeah. where it's kind of like where you are getting a pay rise and probably they have a better chance of getting into Europe it's uh yeah interesting to see I think um and I think with Stack that point sort of comes on even more where so we're talking about Barrera had a really good season last last year I think Stack had moments of sort of very playing very very well um, but sort of in general didn't live up to quite the high standard he'd set in his first year as well so be interesting to see if that's sort of something that a potential suitor would really find interesting or if basically they'll just be looking at him as sort of a cut price thing in the final year of his deal maybe in January or something I don't know yeah we'll see because he was uh, he was on the cusp of everybody's lips for a while wasn't he he called up he got a call up to the to the national team yeah I don't remember if he got any minutes I think he might have come on for 10 at the end of a friendly yeah um, but there was a lot of talk about him being kind of the next best, big thing in the centre of the park and like you say he didn't quite live up to it last season had yeah. lots of moments of quality but I don't think was particularly consistent yeah um, I think with that I mean, mixture of kind of like niggling injuries yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah maybe just not quite getting in the team of other players sort of doing well mm. um it's uh it'll be interesting to see i think um, i think of the two he's probably the one that i would see as sort of more likely to want to leave 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that if if the offer is actually going to be there in the same way that it might be for a Barrera, I'd well, be interested the, to see. The other thing is that you need another club to come in and say, yeah, we want to take him off your hands, and we'll and for him. that to be like the money that suits exactly. then having yeah. to replace a crucial player yeah. in like and three four weeks of a window. Like we're, we're coming to the middle of August now, like you said, the cup starts this weekend, the league starts next week. Whether clubs are really going to be still fishing around for these kind of players, we don't know. Yeah, I mean. I guess one more to discuss from the new signings would be Sepp Vandenberg. Uh, again, another player that we know from Schalke, kind of also aware of him from Liverpool in our sort of English-speaking ways. Um, another one that, I mean, I, I've seen less of him, I will admit, um, but another one that sort of at the time was just, yeah, pretty exciting. 100%. When he signed, when the announcement came through, thought, where on earth has he come from? Um, but... I, I don't know, he, he seems, I could, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know a lot about him, I, I haven't watched him play, um, but I'm very excited to watch him, and you know, one of the main reasons that he's come here, obviously, is the, the Jurgen Klopp connection from, from Liverpool, um, and, and Klopp has waxed lyrical about the city, and who can blame him, we do live in the best city in the world, <laughs> to, <laughs> to some years. Um, so I, I think he's one of those that he's for a 21 year old he's got so many games under his belt already um, and, and he looks extremely experienced um, and you know the good thing is we'll be able to see him on the pitch stand out whether he's good or bad because he's so ginger yeah exactly and that will that, that will be sort of someone to look out for just to sort of orientate yourself where Absolutely. the rest of the team are um, I think it's an interesting one as well because honestly I wouldn't have gone into this summer saying that like the defence was necessarily a weak position for us um, it was a year ago um, and we really needed defenders um, a year ago but sort of by kind of coaching Fernandez into sort of a wide centre-back role and then signing Hanja Olsen which is definitely a brilliant signing um, in January uh, I think it, it became slightly less needed. Um, mm. But then, when, yeah, if you're able to bring a player of that calibre in, then that really works out. Uh, and that has potentially let, then led on to a possible other exit uh, for an, another player that's been a stalwart of basically the entire time I've been I've been following the club. I think he made his debut a couple of months into the season that I was here oh, right, yeah, yeah. before Alexander Hack. So apparently looking at a club abroad, we don't know which country, where it is, who that is. <laughs> uh, we don't know if it's definitely happening yet, but it's sort of there have been sort of murmurs in the media um, that he probably has played his final game for Mainz. Um, yeah, Bo came out and said today that that, like you say, is probably the final game. I think it's one of those interesting transfers because there's not really been any rumours about it whatsoever. Uh, yeah. in the and media. then it just came out, and then it just came out of nowhere. It's a, a proper CFAX transfer, uh, <laughs> like in the good old days. Um, no, he's like you said, he's been around for years. He was certainly already at the club when I first started watching them, um, and and was fairly consistent in the starting eleven. Um, but I, I think he's just a player that's that's not quite there for the Bundesliga, or certainly in the level we want to go to with the Bundesliga. Um, but again, he's another one of those guys though. He's just a really nice bloke. <laughs> Um, and I hope him. I hope that if he does move, um, that he gets a decent move and, and goes and plays because he's only twenty nine. He's he's still relatively young for a for a centre half. You'd say um, that he goes and plays first team football somewhere and, and and does a good job. We'll be rooting for him wherever he goes. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and definitely it'd be better for him to sort of be playing somewhere else than sort of sitting on the bench and getting five minutes at the end of a yeah, Bundesliga game exactly. here and there like he was doing in the second half of last season. So. Yeah, I I would definitely if he is to leave, would wish him all the best. Um, I think it's an it's an interesting one as well in terms of in what has felt a summer of relatively little upheaval. We'll probably go into the season with a fairly similar team to the one that ended the last 
that they have been able to sort of rotate the squad a little bit, bring in some fresh blood, um, move on a few players that have, have been around for a while and maybe are looking for something new in terms of a challenge. Um, I think that's a good thing because I, th- I think if you compare that to maybe a few years before that, we were really signing players that were coming in and doing well for a year or 18 months or at maximum two years. Um, so thinking of someone like Abdul Diallo or something, someone yeah, like that who yeah. came in for a year and then left. Um, or... You know, people were sort of staying around for a while and sort of just underperforming for quite a while. Yeah, 100%. I think this transfer window, if you look at it objectively, it's the kind of dream transfer window for a football fan. You know, some of the deadwoods have been moved on, players that have been out on loan for the last couple of seasons and, and just haven't met the quality that we want in the squad. Um, a couple of the lads that probably aren't looking at playing first team football for um, a couple of million quid in the kitty and then strengthened in the positions that we wanted to strengthen Um, and it's not been dramatic and I think that's the main thing you want as a football fan you don't want your football club to go into a transfer window um, all guns blazing at the beginning or panicking at the end we've gone about our business very diligently um, bought in the players we wanted to bring in and let the players go that we wanted to let go on our terms, um, you know, there's still two or three weeks left, but we'll, I think I think we've done very well. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it would be bringing a left back, and then if just if you if just a deal that comes up to add some more quality to the squad come is available, then yeah, do that. Otherwise, if anyone goes, then you probably need to replace them sort of fairly directly. But yeah, other than that, I think it it sort of seems pretty calm and serene. So I'm sure it won't be. Knowing how football goes, and knowing how mines are as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is... uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's, I think it's how every team is. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Final bit, sort of on our sort of preamble about the summer chat. Obviously, preseason has been going on. We personally have not watched absolutely loads. Of, I mean, there's not actually been that many friendlies. I think mean, you you went to a couple of the friendlies earlier in July, and then we obviously went to the Burnley game as well on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't think there's much analysis that can be really read into it. But what we probably can talk about is the players that look really sharp at the moment. So yeah. um, who's been impressing you? Yeah, like you say, I don't think you can read a lot because obviously in Germany, we do the kind of community friendly at the beginning. So we've talked a local team. Was it 16 mil? I think it was, something like yeah. that. You should know um, you were there. I was, oh, yeah. uh, I was on a boat. So. I, I, lost, I <laughs> lost count after about the fifth and was at the war stand. Um, but yeah, we, we smacked them um, and then we played Koblenz. Um, Tusk Koblenz had been promoted into the fourth team, put six past them. Um, and, and they were they, these are good opportunities for, for some of the younger lads to come through. And we have, you know, we're famous anyway for having a very good academy. We have one of the best academies in Germany, I think it's fair to say. Um, but we've got um, Nelson Viper, who's who's been bigged up hugely. This is the player that everybody at Mainz thinks, you know, he's going to be the next big thing. Um, he's not. He's not done anything magical in pre-season. He's he's done what he's needed to do. Um, having come back from playing at the twenty ones Euros over the summer, disappointing performance from from Germany. Um, and and my big one is is Brajan Garuda. For me, the man is going to play consistently in the Bundesliga, and he's going to be one of the best players in the Bundesliga. I am so excited about this young player. Um, and he scored that wonder goal against Burnley like I say it was, it was Tom Krause's pass that we talked about previously yeah. and it was Gruder that got on the end of it chested it down and, and smacked it beyond the keeper into the top corner um, and his performances against like I say the lower league opposition he was tearing them to pieces 
Um, yeah, as you'd expect, but uh, yeah, it's always good to see. And uh, yeah, he, he did seem really sharp in that preseason friendly. So he's one that basically based on that, I want to see more of in the sort of early competitive fixtures this season because we, we did see a little bit of him um he was in the under 19s team that won the sort of german title so yeah, was, uh, yeah. saw a couple of games from that um sort of hit, uh, sort of yeah end of season sort of few games that they were playing very important towards the end um and yeah basically both him and Vipo looked very good in those games um and we obviously saw him come on i think it was against dortmund sort of in january towards the end where couple of good touches and then lost his man yeah. at a corner for us yeah. to, to drop points in the end yeah. but um, this is all basically the sort of thing that a young player needs to go through to learn so he's, he's had his share of success things that he can do better and uh, yeah you'd think after a pre-season training with the first team that that's another real big step in the right direction for him so I'm really hoping that when we go to Elversberg at the weekend that he gets on at least for half an hour or something but ideally actually chuck him in from the start see what he can do I'd like him to start yeah like the, the management team have come out and thrown confidence in him by bringing him into the first team for this season. The same with Viper. Um, and I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't start at Elfersberg. Yeah, I mean, so another departure that we didn't mention, actually, because he was really on the fringes for most of last se- season, was uh, Marlon Mustafa. Um, he's left, and obviously we mentioned Ingvartsen before as well. So it's one of those things where we've actually let a couple of attacking players go without replacing them because we've got these two young guys yeah, coming up and exactly. he can hopefully yeah. play a little bit more minutes so I don't think we're sort of completely just barking up the wrong tree because he's scored a nice goal against Burnley in pre-season um, so but yeah we, you, you never know with these kind of things we're not qualified footballing professionals no, but definitely. yeah we'll find out um, I think the other one that a lot of people keep saying and I think this is sort of matched up with um, quotes from within the club is about Maxim Leitch who yeah, really didn't feature that much last season for no. various reasons. Um, and yeah, in the trademark kind of like a new signing kind of way, seems to have sort of come back to sort of fitness and uh, being a, a fixture in the first team. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if that continues, then again, that's probably another reason why they would allow Hack to go. Yeah, I agree. Although we say he's coming back to fitness, he's probably going to miss Elfersberg with, with massive problems after all of that. But, <laughs> but people seem to think that he was training well. And like you say, he seems like a new signer. He, he disappeared. He, he struggled. Like he played, came from Bolton, played the first four or five games at the beginning of last season, I think it was, and then disappeared yeah. for um, personal reasons, fitness reasons on top of that. And he just never kind of looked the same player that he was the season previously. Yeah, um, and didn't get back on really. And just didn't, yeah, not yeah. at all, no. Um, so I'm excited to see um, what he's like and, and hopefully he does prove to be like a new signing because uh, another centre-half, a, a decent quality centre-half can only be a good thing. Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess really those are kind of our, our ones to watch um, in, in that kind of sense. A lot of the other players are going to be obvious. I mean, maybe, I don't know. The sort of person that sort of clicks on the first episode of a Minds podcast, I don't know if they're going to be conf- completely unfamiliar with Minds. So <laughs> if you are, then uh, just keep listening for the next few weeks. And I'm sure we'll talk about sort of some of the players that are a lot more established and it'll be very fun for you 100%, to listen to. Yeah. But this is actually sort of, dragged on so what we should do is very quickly preview the weekend's opponents um, and then say goodbye and uh, look forward to that game so Sheridan I know that you uh, just 
Yeah, you've got notes in front of you about S5 Alversberg, so I'm hoping you're going to be able to tell us about them. Honestly, I'd like to find someone to do this podcast that wouldn't need notes to talk about <laughs> S5 Alversberg. Um, we, we know them previous from previous uh, seasons. We played them a couple of years ago in the Cup, and uh, they took us all the way to penalties. Um, it was Johnny Burkhardt that scored a late equaliser in normal time, and then I think with about two minutes left, got the equaliser in, in added time um, that took us all the way to penalties two years ago. Um, but they're a club that have come up from the fourth division. They're playing the second division as of this season. It's the highest they've ever played. Um, you know, it's the best they've ever reached. And they're, they're not going to be pushovers. Um, they will say they've, they've been promoted twice in, in two seasons. Um, over on the, they play over on the French border in, in Zaland. Um, more famously in, in the kind of Zaarbrücken area. So they're kind of the, the smaller club of the area, but are now playing at a higher level. Um, it's a, a little village with, with less than 15,000 people in it. So the fact they've got a football club playing in the, the second division is, is impressive. Um, so we're looking forward to going back over there. And their newly re- renovated stadium as well. They've had to do a lot of work to be able to play at the level they're going to be playing at. Um, but, you know, Bo Svensson came out in the, in the week and said it's probably the toughest draw we could have got this weekend. So I'm a little bit nervous going into it. You know, they're, they're a club. They knocked out Leverkusen in the first round last season um, before losing narrowly to Balkan. They, the season before that, like I say, they took us all the way to penalties and that was whilst playing in the fourth division. Um, and I think they lost narrowly to, to Wolfsburg um, maybe the season before that. So they've got, they've got pedigree in the cup. Yeah, they, they they sort of have played in there a few times. I remember. I mean, I guess it really in that area is going to be them or Zabruck and that mostly win the cup. I mean, maybe Homburg slip in. Yeah, every now and then. I don't know exactly the way that those cups line up, but definitely they are a name that I before I was familiar with where in Germany they were from. I was definitely familiar of the they're in the hat for the first round kind of thing. So the fact that they exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to know that they exist to know where they are. Exactly. So that that's the order that it came in for me. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I think they are pretty much the toughest draw that we could have got because I think that the way that it is is that you get the top 32 from the Bundesliga and the Zweite Liga, and then the rest is sort of from the bottom four of the Zweite Liga, the Dritt, the teams that qualify from the Dritt League and everything below. Yeah, so they're yeah. pretty much, obviously there would have been four teams that are ranked higher than them last season, uh, but three of them got relegated and uh, one of them would have only just sort of stayed up from the yeah, skin of their team, exactly. whereas they came up as league winners. Uh, so... Yeah, well, they they only just won the league in the end, didn't they? They they ran away with it at the beginning of the season and then kind of fell away. But they they yeah. you know they got over the line and won the league for a reason. So yeah, they're, that they're, pace in the first half of the season was uh, something else. Like they they left them a lot of room for manoeuvre. So yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see how they do in the second division this season. I mean, I've seen a bit of both of the games that they've played so far, like not watching closely, but a little bit of conference, some highlights, yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, fairly open football so it's going to be a back and forth game order four even if we hopefully do turn up and show that we're a better team um, yeah I mean they've gone ahead I think in, in both of their games as well without actually winning um, so it'll be an interesting one I think yeah it could be another one of those ones where we do have to sort of do some late heroics or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of late heroics, obviously they, they were one nil up in the ninety eighth. Ninety oh. no, is that uh, the hundredth minute uh, uh, last yeah, week? Yeah. Uh, and then lost two one. Well. Yeah. yeah uh, to yeah. I mean, yeah, you would be spitting feathers. So I mean, from from their side, I'm sure they're absolutely. They're they they, they right don't need a team to look after that. So yeah, yeah. It'd be very very interesting to see. Um, I'm looking forward to it uh, and. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see sort of who who does get picked. Whether we do go with basically the team that played from the start against Burnley, um, or if we sort of mix it up a little bit and uh, and change things. Yeah, well, we'll hope that it'll be as strong as possible because we obviously want to go as far as as we can. We've lost here to Berlin this season, so we need a reason to go back to Berlin for <laughs> a second time this season. Hopefully, in the cup final, but. Um, I think it's a game we're going to win, but it's a game that that we're going to have to take seriously because, like we say, they're not they're not um, pushovers, and and they've proven, like you say, that they're, they're going to be a decent team in the second division. They've, they've played against Hanover and it was Rostock. Yeah, who are uh, top? So yeah, weekend, yeah, and, and these are both teams that are well established in the top two two divisions of German football. So you know, not a, they they're not a village team coming from nowhere, but they are a village team realistically. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the infrastructure around the ground uh, and the ground itself. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, leave for the evening? No, I'm just hoping that the um, the, the catering at Elfersberg is, is better than it was uh, the last time we went a couple of years ago. There were 10 mites stood around the beer stand having to tell the man how to pour a beer properly. So it's a weekend of, of foamy beers, I think. Well, you know, they've had two years and, uh, you know, <laughs> you, we were in a pandemic at the time, Sheridan, so let, let me remind you. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, okay, well, that's it then. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back probably at the start of next week to discuss the game that we've just been previewing and uh, preview the game after that. Thank you very much. Cheers.